You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Dare to discover Forbidden Island. Join a team of fearless adventurers on a do-or-die mission to capture four sacred treasures from the ruins of this perilous paradise. Your team will have to work together and make some pulse-pounding maneuvers as this island will sink beneath every step. Race to collect the treasures and make a triumphant escape before you are swallowed into a watery abyss. That's Forbidden Island. Gear up for thrilling adventure to recover a legendary flying machine buried deep in the ruins of the ancient desert city. You'll need to coordinate with your teammates and use every available resource if you hope to survive the scorching heat and relentless sandstorm. Find the flying machine and escape before you become permanent artifacts of the Forbidden Desert. Soar to dizzying heights in this electrifying cooperative adventure. Work as a team to explore a mysterious platform that floats at the center of a savage storm. Connect a circuit of cables to launch a secret rocket, all before you're struck by lightning or blown to the depths below. It's a high-wire act that will test your team's capacity for courage and cooperation. One false step, and you will all be grounded permanently. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. We're your hosts, Justin and Ricky. And if you couldn't tell by now, we're talking about Forbidden Island. No, scratch that. Forbidden Desert. No, scratch that. Forbidden Sky. No, scratch that. All of them. All the f- of them at once. Yeah, so uh, a three a three for review of the Forbidden series. Um, kind of came to mind uh, when we were talking about what we were gonna, you know, planning doing next. Um, and we could just do review one or the other, but with how we reviewed Suro, this would be a good trilogy to kind of do in a one-shot mm-hmm. uh, overall review of all three games. Because they're similar enough that I believe they all kind of have similar strengths and similar weaknesses. But they all do something a little bit different. We'll cover that. But first... Our role recap. And we're going to get into the thick of things right away. I'm going to tell you that I played uh, Codenames. I played a few rounds uh, with... uh, Not Disney Codenames this time. Original Codenames. Oh. Oh, Yeah. My girlfriend's friends had it, and we went over there for dinner, and they busted it out, and of course, we just jumped straight into it. It was kind of nice to see where the game that she really enjoys came from, uh, a little bit different mechanically, which is perfectly fine. Um, and then also, of course, we played uh, Forbidden Island, uh, we played the Forbidden series to get us ready for this. True, true. Um, and if you couldn't guess it, Death Eaters Rising. Oh, man. Hogwarts Battle. What? Next question. All right. Let's see. We play, or I played, rather, um, some Marvel Champions. Got to mess around with the Goblin scenario, um, as well as uh, multiplayer Cap and multiplayer Miss Marvel. That was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Bust out some Gloomhaven. Um, Then we also played, um, after Gloomhaven, there was still some time before, like, yeah, let's leave. So busted out a deck-building game called Kamigami Battles. Battle for the Nine Realms. There's a couple versions of it. But essentially, anime-based card-collecting deck-building game with some some mechanics attached to that. Um, 
Tess played some Call to Adventure, which uh, I've been posting about on the social medias that is attached to Sabletop Arcanum. Um, finished off in a twofer, uh, the Dunwich Legacy Return to uh, at Arkham for Arkham Horror. So we 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 sealed away the great evil Yogg-Sothoth. Um, but it did take a toll on all of us personally. But uh, we'll be kicking off another campaign soon. It's a toss-up between Return to Carcosa and I think Forgotten Age. So we might do Return to the Carcosa um, because it's the, the newest Return to box so we can get a little bit more variety mix-up on it. And then probably by the time we're done with that we'll jump into the Dream Eaters which is, which is uh, still about three months away from finishing, mm. releasing. Um, we would have jumped into that one now, except for it's doing this um, back and forth two four-part campaigns opposed to one long eight-part campaign. Mm. So um, we would likely bump against it before the release is finished. Mm. So, But, you know, we've got plenty of art to play, so no, no harm. That'll come soon. Um, then it was another week of Gloomhaven. More called to adventure playtesting this time. I'm introducing it to more, more and more people. Uh, my wife and I busted out Fog of Love. Tried that out. It's a very interesting game mechanic because you're cooperatively working together, kind of, but you really... One of you can win, both of you can win, or both of you can lose. Mm. It's like a romantic comedy relationship game. You're not playing yourself. You're playing these fictional characters. Like mm. Jeff, the security guard. Who, uh, it didn't specify what security guard, so he was a mall cop. And, uh... And she really enjoyed that, didn't she? Yeah, she had a lot of fun with it. Um, the... The, um, tutorial was really well done, because it's all stacked decks, and it's like, here, read these four cards. Now, you know what to take, you know what to do in your turn right now, so do that until you see this card. Which is, like, card number seven. Then when you get this card seven, read card seven. And it'll teach you a couple new rules and like it walked you through the first game. Mm. But in such a way where unlike the wingspan jump start kit, it actually jump walked us through and we actually knew what we were doing and why we were doing it at the same time. So that helped. Nice. Um, busted out some Arkham Noir um, as we had a snowy weekend, so... Uh, as as the wife was watching Hallmark movies, I secluded myself and uh, played some Arkham. And then Forbidden Sky and Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island were all kind of thrown in the mix. Because while I've played them all, it was kind of a refresh to kind of like dig deeper into the nuances of how each one's a little different from each other. Mm -hmm. uh, that is it. So it's been fun a lot of a lot of games a lot of interesting i've been prepping for uh kicking off a new D, &D campaign so we'll see how that goes uh it's an ebron game from a bunch of people that uh one friend of mine works with so we'll see how that ends up going um i haven't actually run or gamed with any of these guys before other than the one so it's a group of five i know one of the five you've You've DM'd for me. I'm pretty sure that gets you ready for anything because I just mm. pull all kinds of nonsense out of my butt. Yes and no. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. 
but uh, it's all good. I think it, I think it'll be interesting. So let's dive into our review of the Forbidden series. Uh, these are well. Before we jump in, just what? wanted to also remind everyone: badges for Gen Con are up. True. If you're planning on getting a hotel room, get your badge now. I don't know when the cutoff is for the lottery, but they will send out um, your time slot your for time the lottery slot. on the Saturday before. That's probably what you're thinking. It's, it's the 8th that you get your time there slot, and the 9th is when the actual portals open. There you go. Yeah, so you want to make sure you get your uh, ticket as soon as possible, uh, get your badge as soon as possible, just to make sure that you get thrown into the lottery for the hotel. So, mm-hmm. But with that being said... I'm just had to have a PSA out there so everyone knew. You've been informable. I'm encourageable. That too. Yeah. So Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, Forbidden Sky. Um, loosely sequeled off each other. Kind of a weird narrative kind of goes because you, you collect essentially all of uh, the first two, Desert and Island, you collect four pieces of a puzzle, put it together, and escape your situation, whether you're stuck in the desert or out of Sinking Island. Mm-hmm. Sky mixed it up a little bit that you're trying to build a circuit for a rocket ship, and then once you build the circuit, you can launch the rocket, but you have to be on the rocket in order to escape. So it's all about co-op and action management, um, primarily. They are two to four players for bid- Forbidden um, uh, Island, and then five players for Sky and Desert. Um, on average, 30 to 90 minutes, mm-hmm. depending on which version you're playing. Um, islands faster than desert, and deserts faster than sky. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you go into the series, they get a little bit more heavier and a little bit more complex. Um, they're all still relatively light games as far as entry level. Um, but they've gotten um, Mensa Select rewards on them things of that nature is like they're good thinking games and mm-hmm. like problem solving and like okay you have three things you can do this turn what are they going to be in order for us not to lose because like most co-op games there are way more ways to lose these than uh, to win mm-hmm. um and they're all de- uh, designed by matt leacock so you've got and this is kind of like his original bread and butter is from what i Put together it's like for Midden Island, mm-hmm. like where he kind of made his mark on the gaming map, mm-hmm. uh, and then moved on to other things as well as continue the series. So, very good in that sense. Um, let's talk about Forbidden Island first. Mm-hmm. Uh, first impressions, what do you think? Very simplistic, um, which is nice. It's a, I think me and you were talking, you said it was a great game to play with, like younger uh mm-hmm. gamers because um it's just a straightforward thinking game you get you get cards you play cards you uh try to collect cards so on and so forth jump back and forth so just looking at it very very basic but not in a, a boring kind of basic way so relatively simplistic um desert a little bit more elaborate than that um i like them first impressions they all come with very nice uh, inserts. Everything kind of has a home inside the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, all of your treasures and jewels are actually like physical objects that you're collecting. So there's a lot of like table presence, even though it's simplistic. 
Um, the pawns are just colored pawns because they're related to the different character roles you get. Um, card uh, card stock is relatively. Uh, they got a nice linen finish on them, so they're mm. they're pr they're thin, but they're resistant for for your younger audiences too. Mm -hmm. um, I can even tell, like Forbidden Island, I taught my nephews um, how to play that one. They they pretty much got it mm. um, along with their friends, so not a big deal. Suggested ages ten up, and a lot of that is more reading mm. than anything else. Because you have to understand what you're reading, why you're reading, and like the power power cards and gear cards that you get in the various games mm. have that component attached to them. Um, Forbidden Sky, a lot more in the box. It's a first impression. You get a little plastic rocket ship. You get wires and little discs and mm. little lightning rods. And the tiles are smaller and it's a lot more to it. But still keeps it on the friendly looking level mm -hmm. it was a little more intimidating opening up for ben sky than the other two because it came with a lot of pieces yep but then when you kind of broke everything down you said it, it's still simplistic enough to, yeah. to make sense mm -hmm. um so island and desert kind of have a very similar you set up the board you're moving around a randomized layout um, and desert, the tiles are sinking and going away if you don't fix them quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, desert, kind of the reverse is happening. There's a sandstorm and that blows around and that adds little sand tiles to it. So you have to actually unbury the tiles to actually view them to be able to potentially find the items that you're looking for. Uh, where sky is actually an exploratory style tiles. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit more of you don't know where you're going, so you draw tiles and then you move and you drop them and you, that you kind of keep, mm -hmm. you explore the platform as it goes, so it's still random. Mm -hmm. You have a little control of that randomness. The only thing you don't control on that is what tiles you end up drawing. Sometimes yeah. you just get what you get. Um, so in first impressions, um, clean look, easy table presence. Um, other than sky... They don't take up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. um, Sky can, depending on how you build it out, because you're exploring and literally like, oh, we're going this way, so we're going this way, and the tape, it gets really long or it gets really short. Ideally, you try to keep it gravitated because you're trying to complete a circuit of uh, electrical lines. Uh, so that, that's our first impressions. What are some positive things? What, what, what do these do well? They really bring in... Call, or they, they really have uh, like the co-op game down well. It's a game that you can introduce someone to. Um, pretty easy to understand. Pretty easy to to, um, to go through. Um, I just think it's 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 a fun game. Um, it can be frustrating, but that's part of the fun too. Right. Um. So they're challenging co-op games, which is, mm -hmm. which is actually one of the good things about them. Mm -hmm. um, is that they're not like an easy breezy co-op game that you're going to like, all right, now we win again, yay. Oh, we won in 15 minutes. Let's see if we can win it in 14. Yeah. There is a lot of good stuff that it does. The actions are pretty simple and straightforward. They don't actually even change much between the games. One of the things that the series does well is Desert, Island, and Sky are all different enough in how they play how you achieve your goals that each one 
can be a standalone game, or you can play all of them or have multiple in your collection. Like, I personally own Island and Sky. Mm-hmm. I have a buddy who has Desert. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't feel like I need to add Desert, but if I had Desert, I could see playing all three of them. Yeah. And it's like, I have Island, I come play Sky. Right. Um, but if you own Sky and Island, like I, you know, like I do, it's not a bad thing. Like, I, it's, mm-hmm. unlike Suro, which we did a couple episodes ago, I don't feel it's as, as redundant as that series. Yeah. You brought that up, and that that was a fair point, because each game is different enough. Mm -hmm. The same enough, but different enough that you say, this is definitely worth... Here's where the similarities, and then all of a sudden, here's where it's going to differ, and it feels different, it plays differently enough, Mm -hmm. where you don't feel like you're just playing it with a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Um, So those are some really positive things about it. I love the entry-level access to it, too. Um... Because there's some really, these are some really great gateway level games. Um, they're on the tougher side, but mm. not necessarily in the how to play. It's just tougher to win, and they all come with varying difficulty levels too. So, like if you start getting it down, mm. up your difficulty level, kind of like a video game. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you you play video games a lot, so easy is easy to you, and novice is pretty pretty okay why don't you try it on advanced or expert mm-hmm. it gets rough yeah um so that's that's some really good positive stuff let's hit some of the negative aspects because we always like talking about the good things and the bad things so mm-hmm. hit me up with what's uh what what did not shine so well on these uh, well depending on the draw it can either go real easy or just be disgustingly hard um, we had a game um, of Forbidden Island, me and you, where everything, the random placement of the tiles, mm-hmm. everything was just right next to each other. So The cards that we got, the tiles that were laid yeah. out in the right way, everything was pretty much an easy street at that point. Yeah, yeah. We, we had our reshuffle, the second to last card in the deck. Yeah. So, um, so... Not ha- like having the randomized is nice, but at the same time, can really your the pr- yeah the problem really comes down to is the board's randomized, the deck mm-hmm. is randomized, your character pawns are supposed to be randomized, so like mm-hmm. you don't even get to pick which one you are. Like oh, I always play green isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Like you get dealt one of six rolls, and depending on the combination of rolls at the table and the board layout. Like you said, it could be a very easy game or it could be a very challenging game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just based on randomness and not anything that you're doing as a skilled player. Yeah, so I mean, you could be on easy and still just get a gruelingly hard game. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you introduce that to people, sometimes I, I, I find if you have that easy game right away, they're very gung-ho about playing it again. And then after they play it a few more times and realize how tough it actually is, right? they aren't as big of a fan. I kind of hope, wish that there is a, an entry level, like, this is what you're going to do, lay it out this way for one game to introduce mm-hmm. someone to it. Yeah. But that's just a personal preference. I love my girlfriend, but she, when we played uh, um, Rise of the Death Eaters, mm-hmm. our first game, we beat it, like, almost instantly. It was, like, just right. stupid easy. Um, 
and she was just gung ho, and every night I would come and she's like, "Let's play this again, let's play this again." Oh, and I kept saying that it's not what you expect. Like, trust me, this this is gonna get just stupid difficult. It can be because it's yeah. all randomized. Yeah, if, um, that's a lot like Panos Rising, where like if you get a good momentum early on, mm-hmm. and the right cards flip and the right dice results, mm-hmm. yeah, no, the game is uh, it, it steamrolls into. Well, this is pretty easy, and it's making it easier, and it's mm-hmm. making it easier, and then all of a sudden you're steamrolling the entire game. Um, but that's not the normal. Now, the funny thing is, like, it, it, as you guys won Death, uh, 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 Death Eater Rising so easily, it just always makes me think back to when Thanos Rising was coming out. The local store actually put up a challenge of, if you could sit down and play and win a game, you could win a game. When it fully came out, because he got a demo copy, so it was one of those like, "Hey, learn to play, learn to play, learn to play, hype, hype, hype." But having played it a bunch, it was like, "No, this game's tough." So yeah. I'm gonna get in- try to incentivize, like, "Hey, try to do well, and I'll, you know, you can win a copy." Yeah. Um, yeah, that was rough. Yeah, that was like a month of that. Um, so randomized is both a nice thing about this game because it gives you a fresh challenge but it also can hurt the game a lot and mm-hmm. i find it hurts the game more than it than it helps mm-hmm. so that's one of the challenges of, of of that randomization so both good it can be a very good thing because it gives you longevity in the game but it's a typically works against the game um mm-hmm. if there's too many things that are random and out of your control because those setups um, there's several other co-op games that I, I can name that have that same component that's just rough to, like, bad setup, you're just going to have a bad game from mm-hmm. the get-go. Desert, it kind of, you know, that was mostly island. Desert kind of has the same exact faults. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows up a little bit differently, cause it, and that's more of where that sandstorm blows Yeah. Um, versus the layout. Because I've seen it games where it just doesn't really do anything. And it's like, oh, well, okay, we'll uncover this, uncover that. Great. Mm. Here's a couple pieces already. We're good to go. And then I've seen other games where it's whipping around and, like, burying everything in sand. We're all, the entire half the game, we're just unburying tiles to maybe see what's underneath it and then not have anything valuable underneath it. Um, the negatives on Sky really come down to is each player can only hold three of these tiles and you're trying to build a pretty elaborate circuit and until you've played it a few times it's hard to gauge if a short wire or long wire distance is what you're looking at mm-hmm. once you've played a few rounds like you'll start to navigate like okay these have to be a lot closer than i thought um and to create a loop with a with a landing platform that you don't know where it is to start with is rough Mm-hmm. I feel that one's a little bit tougher in the sense of you need the right rolls or the right tiles to show up because if you don't have any way to fix your ropes or because you know one of the games we played we didn't we didn't have the the ability to fix our ropes we never saw any gear to fix our ropes and the wind kept blowing us off platforms so we mm-hmm. lost the ropes. We just lost together because like, well, then we couldn't do anything about that. Yeah. Um, even our positioning wasn't good enough most of the time. And yeah, we we we, were, we started saying, hey, we're we're at the end of a rope. Like yeah, like we need to 
stay further this way so if we get blown off yep you know and it still wasn't enough yeah and then double uh double double, double high winds that's yeah. all it takes and i don't know if it's just me but the components in sky while they're neat because there's actually like it's a, a little battery circuit that you build mm -hmm. which um can be really cool and, the, and when the when you actually win the rocket will actually electronically do a countdown and blast off which um i believe for the younger audiences is going to be extra cool um i don't know if like i feel like the quality of the components slipped as they went down mm. like the first two are in tins and they're uh, nice plastic pieces and then sky is nice plastic pieces but i feel like they had to divert more cost of the electronic components of it so they the, the plastic isn't as nice as it could be mm -hmm. that's just my hot take on I'm not sure where their development money went. It's a larger box than the other games, too. But that's just because there's more pieces and more components to it. Yeah. I do feel like they would be able to somewhat fit that into a smaller box, but at the same time, they just it is it. what it is. Yeah. Um, and if you're looking to save space, I would suggest going with the island, first two. Island or desert, definitely. Yeah. You can fit but, both of those on the same shelf that Sky takes up. Yeah. They're about half the size. So, not necessarily a total knock against it, but if you had to pick one of the three, which would you pick? I mean, I'm going to go with Island, just because it was... I picked it up for my girlfriend uh, two years ago for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So it was my first... I mean, it was everyone's first foray into uh, the Forbidden series. But... Um, it's still a lot of fun. Um, still very neatly packed, very small. Can take kind of take it anywhere um, and mm -hmm. bust it out. Um, how about you? Having played all three a bunch of times now, I think I gravitate towards desert the most because I want more. I want a little bit more going on than Island gives me. But I don't think I want the circuit building and the complexity of, like, man, if we don't get the right tiles lined up in the right spots the right way, mm -hmm. this is just going to be an uphill slog um, that Sky patrols. Like, I don't know, I, I like that happy medium that Desert has. It's a little bit more complex, but not totally beholden to luck all the time either. Mm -hmm. So, um, all three are good, like, if you just, like, gave me one of the three i'm gonna say yay this is great mm -hmm. um but if i had to pick one of the three i think i i think i like desert the most fair enough um but it's a close race yeah they're all pretty good st staple staple games to play um who would you recommend the island of who would you recommend the forbidden series for i'd suggest it towards uh family game night to be honest um okay because everyone knows if you play monopoly with your family you'll end up you know hating each other mm -hmm. and resenting each other into adulthood um something like this a co-op game um and also a co-op game where you can burn through a game in half an hour to an hour yeah and then if it doesn't go the way that you want you can Do just it. start right back up right i've yeah. done that before like chain a couple island mm -hmm. games together and like two three in a row 
They do kind of have that potential problem quarterbacking because everything's kind of public knowledge. Um, if that's an issue, just be aware of it. Mm. But it's not necessarily the the end-all, be-all of the game. Um, I know that a lot of people have issues with co-op games for that reason. Um, but uh, I think we talked about that way earlier with our Lexicon episode, if I remember right. Um, mm. That while quarterbacking is a thing, if you're conscious of it, Mm. Um, as long as you don't have the wrong player at your table, it's not that bad. Yeah. I I can be a little bit of a quarterbacker myself playing Harry Potter when we play with new people. Hmm. And my girlfriend's pointed out to me, and it's it's one of those, all right. Let them do their turn? Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Um, yeah, the, the trick I've learned overall with quarterbacking and trying to avoid not quarterback in people is as long as they understand as long as the other player knows what types of actions they can take mm-hmm. great if they're unsure of what actions they can take that's where it doesn't hurt to step in and go well you could do this or this or this mm-hmm. you're, you're... and still let them choose yeah. but like here are the options allowed in front of you you, no. you, you know remember you can move you can draw a tile you can play a tile you can play a card Mm. you can flip a tile these are all things that you can do our goal is to try to get these things Mm. how do you want to do that and because these games are on the shorter side if you lose you lose it's not the end of the world just Mm. reset and try it again yeah it's not like your third hour of arkham horror where exactly where sometimes it's it's tougher to not quarterback because if you don't play perfectly you did lose a two-hour or three-hour yeah. game, which is a lot more impactful. You can't just reset then try again yeah. um, as easily. Yeah. So I think these, while that potential's there, isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, this is, yeah, I definitely agree. Family game night recommendation. Um, entry level, if you want some thinking and strategy and, and kind of like mental engagement of how you're going to solve it. Uh, these do a really, really good job. There's a reason why they got the, the Mensa Awards for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not recommend this for people who would strongly quarterback and, and run a table because it, because of how public every information is, it is very, it, there is a high risk for that there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're looking for a lot of meat in your game, Mm-hmm. And like big crunchy decisions, it doesn't really have those. Your micro decisions are going to impact the long your game sometimes, but there's a lot of elements you cannot control. Yeah. Like you can make the best decision you have available with the knowledge you have, and then that card flip means high wins, and you fall off the platform, and that's game over. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you could have done to stop that. Exactly. Yeah. So if that frustrates you, I would stay that away from the game. It does have that high random, high high luck factor. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily dice rolls, but just setup and, and card flips. Mm. So, any Excellent. other thoughts? No. Oh, I mean, play this game. Play I'm the game. Yeah. So that wraps up our review of the Forbidden Island slash Desert slash Sky series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'd be interested because it kind of has this weird narrative of like you find, you know, the your airship, which is what you built in desert. It's what you land on the platform in sky and then you take a rocket ship off sky. Mm-hmm. So are we going to get a forbidden space next? That'd be interesting to see. I, I mean, I, I don't see them stopping anytime soon there. They put one out every every little bit. It's not yeah. like they're like yearly in, in, in things, but I can see them doing another one. Um, sky came out. Two Gen Cons ago. So. Mm-hmm. And then officially hit shelves like four or five months after that. But still, it's been around for a little over a year now. Yeah. Year, year and a half or so. So. I could see another one popping up in another year or so. Um, next on Tabletop Arcanum, we will be doing a review on Arkham Noir, a solo card game. I'm pretty excited. Uh, you've played this already a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty excited to jump into this. Um, just a one-player. Yeah, a little simple one-player, relatively quick-ish game. Um, other than, um, it's also one of those like pocket travel games. Like it's a deck of cards. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's another one of those easy to pack and go on the road. So we'll talk about that more in our next episode. Um, coming up, we are almost hitting 50 episodes. Yes, we are. So, um, as we always have, uh, you know, think, you know, big thank you to our listeners as far as, you know, downloading, listening, spreading the word of Tabletop Arcanum, um, either through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Carrier Pigeon. Smoke, uh, smoke signal, you know. However, you know, just writing it on walls, I'm, you know, any wall, really. That's mm-hmm. the, someone will see the message. Yeah. Um, you know, keep spreading the word. And what we're looking for on our 50th episode is kind of a ask us anything. So submit your questions either through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Email. All of them are at Tabletop Arcanum. Uh, email is super easy. Yep. And then uh, email is tabletoparcadum at gmail.com. So nice and easy. Pretty much find us by Googling Tabletop Arcadum. Um, and you can reach out to us in any of those channels. And we will notate your question and we will put it on our Ask Us Anything 50th episode hoopla, I guess. Yeah. Is it a hoopla? It's a hoot nanny. Hoot nanny. We'll call it a hoot nanny. Hoot nanny. All right, so that is it for us this week. So until next time, this has been Justin. And Ricky, and I've been told I'm not allowed to Google forbidden jokes. Yeah, no, we're just going to let this one go. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.